James and the Giant Peach, chapters 14, 15, and 16. This book is recorded with permission from Penguin, Puffer Penguin Books. We're off, someone was shouting. We're off at last. James woke up with a jump and looked about him. The creatures were all out of their hammocks and moving excitedly around the room. Suddenly, the floor gave a great heave, as though an earthquake were taking place. "'Here we go!' shouted the old green grasshopper, hopping up and down with excitement. "'Hold on tight!' "'What's happening?' cried James, leaping out of his hammock. "'What's going on?' The ladybug, who was obviously a kind and gentle creature, came over and stood behind, beside him. "'In case you don't know it,' she said, "'we are about to depart forever from the top of this ghastly hill that we've all been living on for so long. We are about to roll away inside this great, big, beautiful peach to a land of... 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 to a land of... of what?' asked James." Never you mind, said the ladybug, but nothing could be worse than this desolate hilltop and those two repulsive ants of yours. Here, here, they all shouted, here, here. You may not have noticed it, the ladybug went on, but the whole garden, even before it reaches the steep edge of the hill, happens to be on a steep slope, and therefore the only thing that has been stopping this peach from rolling away right from the beginning is the thick stem attaching it to the tree. Break the stem, and off we go. Watch it, cried Miss Spider as the room gave another violent lurch. Here we go. Not quite, not quite. At this moment, continued the ladybug, our centipede, who has a pair of jaws as sharp as razors, is up there on top of the hill, nibbling away at that stem. In fact, he must be nearly through it, as you can tell from the way we're lurching about. Would you like me to take you under my wing so that you won't fall over when we start rolling? That's very kind of you, said James, but I think I'll be all right. Just then, the centipede stuck his grinning face through a hole in the ceiling and shouted, I've done it! We're off! We're off! The others cried, We're off! The journey begins! shouted the centipede. And who knows where it will end, muttered the earthworm. If you have anything to do with it, I can only, it can only mean trouble. Nonsense, said Ladybug. We are now about to visit the most marvelous places and see the most wonderful things. Isn't that so, centipede? There is no knowing what we shall see, cried the centipede. We may see a creature with 49 heads who lives in the desolate snow and wherever he catches a cold which he dreads, he has 49 noses to blow. We may see the venomous pink-spotted scrunch who can chew up a man with one bite. It likes to eat five of them roasted for lunch and 18 for its supper at night. We may see a dragon, and nobody knows that we won't see a unicorn there. We may see a terrible monster with toes growing out of the tufts of his hair. We may see the sweet little bitty bright hen, so playful, so kind and well-bred. And such beautiful eggs, you just boil them, and then they explode, and they blow off your head. A new and a nauseous surly, surely you'll see, and that enormous and norable gnat, whose sting when it stings you goes in at the knee and comes out through the top of your hat. 
We may even get lost and be frozen by frost. We may die in an earthquake or tremor. Or nastier still, we may even be tossed on the horns of a furious dilemma. But who cares? Let us go from this horrible hill. Let us roll, let us bowl, let us plunge. Let's go rolling and bowling and spinning until we're away from old Spiker and Sponge. One second later, slowly, insidiously, oh, most gently, the great peach started to lean forward and steal into motion. The whole room began to tilt over and all the furniture went sliding across the floor and crashed against the far wall. So did James and the ladybug and the old green grasshopper and Miss Spider and the earthworm, also the centipede who had just come slithering quickly down the wall. Chapter 15 Outside in the garden, at that very moment, Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker had just taken their places at the front gate, each with a bunch of tickets in her hand, and the first stream of early morning sightseers was visible in the distance, climbing up the hill to view the peach. We shall make a fortune today, Aunt Spiker was saying. Just look at all those people. I wonder what became of that horrid little boy of ours last night. Aunt Sponge said. He never did come back in, did he? He probably fell down in the dark and broke his leg, Aunt Spiker said. Or his neck, maybe, Aunt Sponge said hopefully. Just wait until I get my hands on him, Aunt Spiker said, waving her cane. He'll never want to stay out all night again by the time I've finished with him. Good gracious me, what is that awful noise? The noise, of course, had been caused by the giant peach crashing through the fence that surrounded it, and now, gathering speed every second, it came rolling across the garden toward the place where Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker were standing. They gaped. They screamed. They started to run. They panicked. They both got in each other's way. They began pushing and jostling and each one of them was thinking only about saving herself. Aunt Sponge, the fat one, tripped over a box that she'd brought along to keep the money in and fell flat on her face. Aunt Spiker immediately tripped over Aunt Sponge and came down on top of her. They both lay on the ground, fighting and clawing and yelling and struggling frantically to get up again, but before they could do this, the mighty peach was upon them. There was a crunch, and then there was silence. The peach rolled on, and behind it, Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker lay ironed out upon the grass as flat and thin and lifeless as a couple paper dolls cut out of a picture book. Chapter 16. And now the peach had broken out of the garden and was over the edge of the hill, rolling and bouncing down the steep slope at a terrific pace. Faster and faster and faster it went, and the crowds of people who were climbing up the hill suddenly caught sight of this terrible monster plunging down upon them, and they screamed and scattered to right and left as it went hurtling by. At the bottom of the hill, it charged across the road, knocking over a telegraph pole and flattening two parked automobiles as it went by. Then it rushed madly across 20 fields, breaking down all the fences and hedges in its path. It went right through the middle of a herd of fine Jersey cows, and then through a flock of sheep, and then through a paddock full of horses, and then through a yard full of pigs. And soon the whole countryside was a seething mass of panic-stricken animals stampeding in all directions. 
The peach was still going at a tremendous speed with no sign of slowing down. And about a mile farther on, it came to a village. Down the main street of the village, it rolled with people leaping frantically out of its path right and left. And at the end of the street, it went crashing right through the wall of an enormous building and out the other side, leaving two gaping round holes in the brickwork. This building happened to be a famous factory where they made chocolate. And almost at once, a great river of warm, melted chocolate came pouring out of the holes in the factory wall. A minute later, this brown, sticky mess was flowing through every street in the village, oozing under the doors of houses and into people's shops and gardens. Children were wading in it up to their knees, and some were even trying to swim in it and all of them were sucking it into their mouths in great greedy gulps and shrieking with joy. But the peach rushed on across the countryside, on and on and on, leaving a trail of destruction in its wake. Cowsheds, stables, pigsties, barns, bungalows, hayricks, anything that got in its way went toppling over like a ninepin. An old man sitting quietly beside a stream had his fishing rod whisked out of his hands as it went dashing by. And a woman called Daisy Instwhistle was standing so close to it as it passed that she had the skin taken off the tip of her long nose. Would it ever stop? Why should it? A round object will always keep on rolling as long as it is on a downhill slope. And in this case, the land sloped downhill all the way until it reached the ocean. The same ocean that James had begged his aunts to be allowed to visit the day before. Well, perhaps he was going to visit it now. The peach was ro ro rushing closer and closer to it every second, and closer also to the towering white cliffs that came first. These cliffs are the most famous in the whole of England, and they are hundreds of feet high. Below them, the sea is deep and cold and hungry. Many ships have been swallowed up and lost forever on this part of the coast, and all the men who were in them as well. The peach was now only a hundred yards away from the cliff. Now fifty, now twenty, now ten, now five. And when it reached the edge of the cliff, it seemed to leap up into the sky and hang there suspended for a few seconds, still turning over and over in the air. Then it began to fall. Down, 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 smack! It hit the water with a colossal splash and sank like a stone. But a few seconds later, up it came again, and this time, up it stayed, floating serenely upon the surface of the water.